0: you're listening to the hanging with the ad podcast where we break down hot topics in athletic administration and lessons learned through leadership now here are your hosts josh matthews and don baker
1: josh matthews here with don baker we're co-hosting this podcast and today we're just going to interview each other and get to know each other a little bit more so don we're going to start and i'll start with you uh this podcast is for folks uh, in the athletic administration field. Uh, one thing we talked about is referring to uh, sports analogies during our interviews and keeping it on the sports world since that's where we live. Uh, we want to start each episode by giving our listeners the back of the baseball card biography for each one of them. So uh, why don't you go first? Uh, what does the back of your baseball card look like? First of all,
0: Josh, thank you for taking this lead, to start this podcast. I think it's going to be not only fun, but I think it's going to be a great tool for ADs to help them grow professionally. It's as far as myself, originally I'm from Valdosta, Georgia. I'm very proud of that. Being able to, to be from Valdosta, which is a football mecca. And my my father uh, was an assistant coach for Valdosta High School for 35 years. And in a time where it was a pretty cool place to, to be. Uh, you know, you'd be a kid in the 80s in Valdosta where they're winning a state championship every year almost. And they're winning a national championship about every other year. It was, uh, it was a really neat way To grow up, having having him as a coach. uh, My mom was an elementary school teacher. Teaching is our family business. There's 16 of us in my family that teach. I tried to run from it uh, as much as I could. Changed major four times. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Before I ended up coming back home, uh, according to my mom. Definitely in the blood, right? Yeah. But very connected. Still connected to my hometown. My parents still live there, and uh, very proud to to be from Boston.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Sounds like it. One thing I'm really intrigued about, I didn't know about your dad, but obviously uh, that's a lot of pride for you. Growing up, the son of a football coach in Valdosta, you know, Valdosta, like you said, Valdosta High, I think was uh, the national champions quite a few times, and the most storied program in Georgia. But what lessons did you learn through your access to, and then the experience you had around those Valdosta High football teams?
0: Yeah, I think that I have found that as I have grown, and as I have gotten more responsibilities, and as I become a husband and a father, that is when I have seen all of the lessons that I was taught, to be quite honest. As a 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, you know, had the great fortune uh, to be uh, on a team that was coached by head coach Nick Heider, who was a coaching legend in the country, not just in the state of Georgia. And at the time, he would start every practice with anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour uh, where he would just talk to us. And I don't have to tell you too much to know that August in Valdosta. <laughs> it, is, <laughs> yeah. it is about 112 days, yeah. um, And so to be a 16-year-old kid who just wanted to practice, uh, who just wanted to get better, who just wanted to play, so have to stop at the beginning of each day to listen to him, you know, and, and it was always character-driven. It was always about being a better man. It was always, uh, there, was a, there was a biblical aspect to it too. Coach Hider was a, a Christian man and, and did not hide that faith at all and imparted that on us. And I can't tell you how many times as I have grown up that I have had that desire to go back and thank him and didn't get an opportunity to do that. Uh, He passed away the year after I graduated. So, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've had a little tap on my shoulder to go. You know, that was a lesson I learned when I was 16 that now all of a sudden there's a reason why I learned it then uh, that I was able to apply so, you know, being around them and being around a staff that was together for close to 30 years, you know, we grew up as a family. All of the coaches had kids that were about the same age. So we all kind of collectively grew up together. And, uh, you know, like I said, it was just a, a great childhood. I've got zero
1: complaints in regards to that. That's great. Maybe Coach Ida was just waiting on the wet bulb to go down. <laughs> yeah, i tell you that. They, there, there is no such thing as a wet bulb in some places. Yeah, yeah so uh... – So, in the early 2000s, after college, you moved to the Atlanta area. You landed at Kennesaw Mountain High School, uh, where you coached football for a number of years. Then you take over as athletic director for John Kelly, I believe, right? I did. John Kelly, I know, is well-known in the Cobb County area and, was a leader in the athletic director world for a while there. What parts of Don Baker, the football coach, did you take to Don Baker, the athletic director? I think
0: that I was very fortunate in the fact that my mom is the best manager of people that I have ever seen. You know, as a teacher, she was pretty hard line and she didn't put up much. And then my dad is the best motivator of people that I've ever seen. Uh, So being very fortunate to have those two people under one roof and see that on a daily basis, I carried that with me uh, as I began my own teaching career. As far as coming up to Atlanta, like a lot of men, she said she was leaving. uh, My my girlfriend at the time, who became uh, my fiance, who's my wife now, she uh, was originally from South Georgia as well. She's from St. Simons. She said, listen, she said, I'm I'm going to Atlanta. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to Atlanta. And so that ended up being the reason or the catalyst for me coming up here. But I've always been a firm believer that relationships are key. You know, I coach kids very hard. And there's a lot of kids that will tell you that. The best kid I ever coached, his mom came up to me one day and she said, you know, today's Cole's birthday. And I said, well, that's great. That's, you know, congratulations. I'm glad he's got a birthday today. And this was about halfway through a season. He was in the 10th grade. He was starting 7A football. Uh, and I had really, he was very talented. And I had really been riding him. And I said, well, that's great. Well, how old is he? And she goes, well, he he's just turned 16. And, the, you know, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, And she said it as stern as a Southern lady could say it, you know, (laughs) and, but I realized he was a 15-year-old and I had been riding him like he was an 18-year-old, like he should know better and he didn't know better. But that kid knew that I loved him and that kid knew that, that I was going to be the first one to put my arm around him and and love on him after I hit kind of torn him down a little bit during the day. But that relationship piece is extremely important. I feel like if kids, if they know where, where it's coming from, they'll let you ride them. And that, that is still something that I take today. It's, it's very easy to have difficult
1: conversations when there's a relationship already there. Absolutely, because people know where it's coming from. Absolutely, yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, Now, as athletic director, uh, I think there's two groups of people that we have to focus our leadership on. It's our coaches and then the student-athletes. And a lot of times we get to invest in student-athletes through the coaches. But when you did have a chance or when we do have a chance to impact those student-athletes, talk about some of the strategies you used at Kennesaw Mountain to connect with your student-athletes. Well, you know, I think, again, it gets back to actually knowing them, knowing,
0: you know, what their interests are, knowing where they come from. Uh, Do they come from a two-parent home? Do they come from a single-parent home? What is their socioeconomic background that matters? And from a place, and again, I get back to, you know, lessons that I've learned growing up. But, you know, there were a lot of guys that I played with that sometimes they had to sleep at my house because, you know, the situation of their home was not good. You know, I've known guys that had to to work jobs to keep the lights on. They didn't work jobs so that they could have a new pair. shoes. They worked a job so they could pay the rent, you know, for the family. And having that background as well uh, allowed me to, to relate to a certain type of kid. And I feel like, again, that just like all of us, you know, we have elements of our past that kind of influence who we are today. And I feel like that's carried me until today.
1: I think about your coaches uh, in those years as athletic director. What would you say the most impactful thing you shared with your coaching staff was? What I tried to, anyway, uh, is
0: to not just see their tree. I think that too many times coaches – they see the tree that is their tree. Yeah, absolutely, my office, right? My <laughs> <fly> office. <it. laughs> you know, football coach is going to see, you know, just things that deal with football. When in reality, there's a whole forest that uh, it's a much bigger picture. And I think uh, one of the best things that an AD can do is articulate that vision. That this is a us thing. This is not a me thing. It's not a you thing. And decisions that you make in your program affect other people in the building. That and I tried as much as I could to stress. To, to pause. I think that not just ADs, but coaches, uh, they need to focus on the concept that real always trumps feel. I think that, you know, yeah. that, you know, sometimes you have the reality of that that where there's emotion, where you want to make a decision. And at the end, you really need to rely on the data that will dramatically improve your ability to make effective decisions um, and what the reality of that decision is, as opposed to just maybe what you want to do.
1: Yeah. Do you have an example of where real Trump feel where you had to kind of elaborate on that and. Talk to coach about that a situation, maybe.
0: Yeah, well, we have. I've dealt with situations where you have uh, assistant coaches who, you know, may may be really good coaches and may do a really good job in between the lines, but outside of those lines are doing things that could ultimately compromise the program. And having that conversation, say, listen, you know, I think one of the things that uh, another assistant principal, a good friend of mine, the phrases that she uses is "Your name's on the letterhead." Mm. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. so do you want this person representing you and your program and, and what you stand for and, and, and that's a tough conversation to have I mean you know when you talk about coaches especially when you talk about uh, letting a coach go you're talking about not just that coach you're talking about their, their family and the people that are associated with them you know that's a heavy decision but one that, that sometimes you have to make
1: Man, I like that your name is on the letterhead. That's great. Uh, you don't have to be an athletic administrator. That goes for the head football coach, the head baseball coach, or whoever. Their, their name's on the letterhead as well, so uh, I like that a lot. I'll take that with me. Now, you've you got a new world as county athletic director here in Cobb County. I know there's a lot of folks that are, appreciate what you're doing already, and it's been a, a jump in and take all since uh, the summer. Thinking about the world of athletic director, and you see it from a different chair now, uh, how have you seen the Job change maybe over the past decade or so? I know you've been here almost two decades now, but how have you seen the the athletic director job change over the past decade? And where do you see the AD world going? Well, I think the biggest piece as far as change is
0: that digital piece. I think that every day that we wake up, there is another aspect of that digital world, social media world, that has to be addressed. And that's not just from a kid's standpoint. I have had to reprimand coaches for things that they put on social media. And one of the things that has been great, but, you know, also has, has brought me a little bit of concern is now in this role. It's not just a <laughs> single building of coaches. Right. Now, it's 16 schools and all of their coaches and all of their social media accounts and all the possibilities that are there. But I also think it's a great tool. I think that, hey, it's not going anywhere. And I'm a big proponent on controlling what you can control. At the end of the day, this digital world is not going anywhere. It's ours now. And so we need to be good stewards of it uh,
1: and do the best we can. So that being said, and I would probably agree with you on that digital piece, not just with social media, but everything we're doing is more digitized now. But uh, getting to that social media, I know you, you're big in that social media world. We're going to have you come talk to our kids about social media here at Pope. But when you say you have to control it or you have to monitor it for 16 schools, maybe for the uh, local high school AD, uh, leave them with some tools that they could use to monitor it. How did you monitor it at Kinsale Mountain? How are you monitoring social media now? Like I said, maybe a couple tools and uh, strategies for the administrator trying to do that.
0: I think first of all, a lot of that work is still on the front end. I I think when you have coaches like your your opening coaches meeting at the beginning of the year you stress that that concept of pausing before we hit send. Um, whether that be a text message to a parent, whether that be a phone call to a parent, whether that be something that you post on social media. And then as far as making sure that those coaches relay that same message you know, to their players, that once it's out there in the world, it's, it, it's not coming back. And so you've got to make sure that you're a good steward of what you put out there. Also, uh, I feel like uh, one of the things that I believe you guys are trying to transition to here at Pope is this Idea of similar handles uh, mm. on your social media that allows you to keep better tabs on the individual programs because they're not spread out, they're not very different, and they're they're difficult to find, and all that kind of stuff. I think that's a great strategy to as an ad yeah, uh, to, to keep everything under one umbrella. Very, it's a it's a collegiate example, right? But exactly. one that I think that high schools can can adapt. We can't adapt every collegiate
1: example, right? Uh, you know, right. but I think that's one that we can we can use and, and learn from. Yeah, I think if I could start over, that's what I would offer advice to our coaches is to give them examples and let's sit down and have a plan of what we're going to have as men's basketball and women's basketball Mm -hmm. and and so forth. And uh, I was just kind of all over the place, but I don't think I had very good vision when I started. But looking back, that would be something i definitely do. I think that's a great idea. Well, Coach Baker, uh, I know I've enjoyed this time getting to know you a little bit better, and especially as we see if we're cut out to be podcasters here. Um, (laughs) The final quarter of our show is going to be what we want to call the two-minute drill. Once again, another sports analogy. Um, Let's do it. We're going to ask a couple quick questions. easy uh, question maybe to land the ship here Uh, so uh, you ready let's go all right here we go two-minute drill number one what's your catchphrase
0: uh you know I, this is I, i've got a lot of them there's a lot of those in south georgia i think the biggest one on one of my favorites is you know can we just can we please just make sure this is not a goat rodeo a goat rodeo yeah like and it, yeah. i don't know if you've ever seen a goat rodeo but it's a hot mess yeah that's, uh, that's what so, you're saying that's for sure yeah and so let's let's try to keep it keep it in the road
1: i think i've learned that one from you probably the most meaningful book you've ever read
0: ever read wow I'm a reader and so I I, I read a lot probably most recently uh, let's just do that Uh, it's almost asking me like what my favorite movie is I'd have to ask you like what the genre and what the you know but most recently a book called New Thinking New Future uh, by Sam Chan I started a couple years ago um, when I I dive into a book I underline things and then I found that after I underlined them, then I put the book back on the shelf. I never looked at it again. And so what I started doing is creating a Word document where I would literally, the aspects of the book that I liked to underline, I would type in a Word document. Typically those Word documents are anywhere between eight you know, eight, nine pages. uh, And I just finished that book recently. uh, And when I did the write-up, it was close to 20 pages. Wow. And so that tells you uh, that there was a lot in there that I felt was was extremely important. What was the name of that book again? Uh, New Thinking, New Future by Sam Sam Chan.
1: Sam Chan, right. New Thinking, New Future. What word best describes you? I would probably say calm. One word your wife would use to describe you? (laughs) Uh, Completely different. Not calm? She would probably say hot mess. Oh, that's good. That's two words. But do I, we'll let you get away yeah. with it. Let it, let it, let it oh, there you go. That. All right, we'll have to ask your wife now. Yeah. The person in sports you admire the most? There's so many people
0: that are um, that are great managers. I'm not necessarily a Patriots fan, but when you look at Belichick, what he's been able to do and how he's been able to do it. Again, you know, trying to to, to block out outside noise the way he does. And sometimes people don't necessarily like the way that he does it but I feel like um, you know to be able to do what he's done
1: is extremely impressive absolutely Uh, the best piece of advice you've ever received Uh, growing up around coaches you get a lot of advice absolutely yeah (laughs) you uh,
0: you get uh, you get uh, a lot of a lot of different advice you know I think that probably the best piece one of the the pieces both from my parents both coaches I've had is just put yourself in their shoes Mm. that perspective I think that being able to take a step back sometimes it, it helps you understand the why can find a lot of behavior about you know a lot of decisions that you make. Right.
1: All right. Who's had the biggest influence on your success? No doubt. My
0: parents, both of them. That's an easy one. I wouldn't be here without what they have done. And my wife, my, my wife, I was not prepared for the world. Let's just say that. <laughs> but my, my mom, I was a mama's boy and she, you know, she probably took care of us more than she wanted to or should have. Uh, and my wife uh, has been a constant push for me. She, you know, whenever I have been on the edge of a diving board, you know, wanting to leap into something or challenge or whatever it may be go back to school get a new degree. she's the one to push me.
1: and so wouldn't be here oh, without her and good well we're going to have to make sure miss jerry don baker gets copied in this podcast <laughs> favorite food or place to eat
0: uh, as far as fast food i'm definitely a fil a guy not only because of the food but also because of the people <laughs> Not recently, the I, I pulled up and the car in front of me had a gas tank open and the girl was about to take my order. She left, went and asked the driver if she could close their gas tank before she came back. You know, it's that, that kind right. of stuff. I You know, when you go, you know a place is good, when you go for fast food, you learn life lessons.
1: Absolutely. It's, yeah. And they also have the best app and it makes it so I easy to get in that. and out. So. Yes. Uh, favorite vacation spot uh fernandina beach down in florida north
0: of jacksonville uh, when i was growing up uh, we had a family home there my grandparents had a house there and we were i lived down there in the summer a uh, wonderful childhood memories uh, from down there
1: great place been there a couple of times i agree with you it's good place uh, our two-minute drill is a little longer but it's a good time our, our last question finally uh, we want to ask you you've been hanging with the ad today that's the name of our podcast it's going to be our theme so uh, you've been hanging with the ad today but if you can hang out with anyone in the world history current future if you know the future who would that be and why uh, you know, being a history teacher,
0: uh, you know, and, and knowing about a lot of historical figures, um, I feel like I would love to sit down with Lincoln uh, and, and go, through, you know, just kind of just to talk to him about everything that he lived through and, and worked through. And the more present day, I would love to be able to sit down with my high school football coach and thank him. Uh, never, never got the chance to do that. And I am the man that I am today because of him, like a lot of young men were uh, and are. But uh, I would definitely like to take him to
1: lunch. That would be great. Great. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate it. Uh, What a wonderful time. I know uh, my notebook's full, and hopefully our listeners will be able to grab a few nuggets from your time today. So we appreciate that. Uh, I've enjoyed it. And uh, thank you again for joining us. Not a problem. Thank you. Yes, sir.